Welcome everyone to the Special Education Inner Circle Podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Witcher, and today we're gonna talk about IEP goal writing. Now you can Google and look up how to write the perfect IEP goal, but is it going to be the perfect IEP goal for your child or your student? Let's walk through three steps that you can take to make sure that you not only have well-written IEP goals, but that they're the right goals for your child or for your student. Now, if we're gonna write IEP goals that make sense to truly help a child reach their potential, we've got to get rooted into the purpose and findings of IDEA law. Everybody knows that IDEA law is supposed to provide a free and appropriate public education, but also it needs to meet a child's unique needs and prepare a child for further education, employment, and independent living. If you've ever heard that you can't write an IEP goal that isn't academic because IEP goals are only for academics, that's simply not true. You absolutely can have IEP goals that cover all areas that prepare a child for further education, employment, and independent living. It's really important for you to nail down those three categories and to know that every time you look at an IEP goal, it needs to fit into one of those categories. Now, there's still going to be a lot of IEP goals to choose from. Most of the time, we have many options on how to approach a deficit that a child has and how to help them make progress. So we really need to decide how is the best way for us to approach this IEP goal for this student or to reach this bigger area of achievement. One of the best places to start is actually not inside of the IEP goal area. I'd love to look at the parent input statement to truly figure out how to design a child's IEP to meet their unique needs. Now you guys know I'm a special needs sibling. So I have a brother with Down syndrome and there are things that he learned in school that have been super helpful for him as an adult and things that I'm sure not so important for him as an adult. I mean, we've all had that experience, right? We've learned things in school that we're like, we're never gonna use this again. And we were right. We want to avoid that as much as possible inside of the IEP because a teacher's time is precious, a student's time is limited within the school, and we need to make the most of that time together. So the parent input statement is a great place for parents to really lay out their vision for what do they see for their child for further education, employment, independent living, and yes, even for the younger years, to really look at what needs to happen for academics, social, emotional, behavior, communication, community, what do we foresee is important for this child to really master? I'll give you an example. Our family loves to travel. So it's important for my brother as an adult to be able to deal with change to, um, and by change, I mean like change in schedules, not change as in money. We'll get to that in just a minute. But change in schedules, to be able to ride different types of transportation from planes, trains, and cruise ships and Uber and just to be able to be flexible and to be able to really follow directions and deal with differences when we travel to different parts of the country or out of the country. All of these skills can be taught naturally within a school routine, waiting in line, staying with your group, dealing with change, um, really dealing with differences within a community, 
all of those are possible to work on. They may not have been thought of as IEP goals, but they can be. So really going to dig into that parent input statement can be a great starting place for creating meaningful IEP goals. So if you take nothing else away after listening here, please go grab your IEP or your student's IEP and look at the parent input statement, parent educational concerns, it, it could be called, it could be called a lot of different parent vision statement. But bottom line is there's a place for parents to have a voice and that needs to be very clear because it can be a huge driver in which IEP goals take priority. Now, the second step is that you need to wrap your brain around the concept that less can be more. Just because you have more IEP goals doesn't mean that a child's going to learn more. In fact, it can become more chaotic and we can master nothing in a school year because we made a tiny bit of progress in a lot of different areas instead of really getting solid in some foundational skills that are needed to meet those long-term goals. So I've got two questions for you to ask yourself when it comes to figuring out which IEP goals should stay in a child's IEP. The first one is if you read the IEP goal and you can't think of two reasons that you would use that goal yourself, then it's time to reconsider if the child really, really needs that goal. Remember I said we'd talk about money. So let's talk about change. I'm talking about penny, nickels, dimes, and quarters. Here's the thing. If I never touched a penny, nickel, dime, or quarter again, I'd be okay as an adult. I can still manage my money and figure things out without touching penny, nickel, dimes, and quarters. Now, this doesn't mean that as a teacher, you can't teach penny, nickel, dimes, and quarters. What I'm saying is, don't make it an IEP goal. Don't spend your time taking data on penny, nickel, dimes, and quarters when there's so many other more important things that you could be doing. So give each IEP goal that test. Do I need this skill myself as an adult in at least two different situations on a regular basis? And if not, it's time to think about choosing a different skill. Now, the second question that I want to want you to ask yourself is, has this child been working on this IEP goal for more than two years? If you had to show up to work for two years and you failed at a project over and over and over, you would not want to work on that project. You would bite, kick, scream, do whatever you needed to do to get out of working on that project. So forcing a child to work on a goal that they're not making progress on year after year after year is not a good thing. Now you can put a goal on pause as in remove it out of the IEP, but make notes in the, in the notes section that you're going to come back to that goal. Or you can break down the goal in a different way. Start with maybe a skill before that skill. You can change the methodology, but the bottom line is if you've been working on a goal for more than two years and it's not working, it's time to change it up. So after you've looked at the parent input statement, you've gone through those two questions, it's super important that you look at the section for data collection. Now, every IEP goal has a way that you're gonna collect the data, but have you discussed how that data is going to be shared? It's one thing to take the data, but having a bunch of data and not talking about it, sharing it, communicating between home and school is not going to be helpful. We need to get really clear on how is a child doing on the goal? How many prompts do they need? What kind of accommodations, modifications? What was the environment like? Let's talk about it in depth to make sure that we're all seeing the same thing when it comes to data. How many times have you experienced where maybe a child is doing something at school and not doing it at home or vice versa? They're attempting and succeeding at a skill at home and they're not doing it at school. 
most of the time, that's because the environment is set up different, the prompts are different, the tools are different, there's something different. So although we're saying things are the same, it's really not, it's different. So we have to get really clear in the data collection and the data sharing in those details of what's being provided to get to those results. So I've given you some steps to help flip your thinking on how to write great IEP goals. This is for parents and teachers who are ready to work collaboratively together to prepare every child for further education, employment, and independent living. I'd love to help you do that. Come join me inside of the specialedinnercircle.com and you can also, Join me inside of the Master IEP Coach Mentorship, where you can not only really nail down these skills for yourself and for your own child, for your students, but you can also learn how to help others. So that's at MasterIEPCoach.com. I hope to work with you. I can't wait to hear from you on how you are going to flip the thought process on IEP goals, start to really work towards the future of preparing a child for further education, employment, and independent living by prioritizing meaningful goals, by really thinking about if these goals are going to make a difference, by helping parents become the driver in choosing IEP goals by utilizing the parent input statement and then utilizing the expertise of the teachers and the therapists to help reach those goals. And of course, we've got that data collection and sharing that makes it all come together. I can't wait to see you guys inside of the special ed inner circle. I'll see you guys soon.